we're at the point now, we don't get nervous, we get ready. Open the door, we kick the door down and we let other women through the door. You're listening to Kicking Down the Door, a Hawthorne podcast showcasing the powerful people and stories within women's football in the brown and gold. Welcome to another episode of Hawthorne's podcast series, Kicking Down the Door. I'm your host, Stephanie Edwards, and each episode we are shining a spotlight on the brilliant people and stories from within Hawthorne's VFLW program. Today's guest I've been very much looking forward to speak to all VFLW season. She's an AFLW Premiership coach and recently was announced as a recipient of an Order of Australia medal. Welcome to the podcast, Hawthorne's VFLW coach, Beck Goddard. What an intro. Thank oh, you. It's a very good <laughs> intro and a very well-deserved intro. Um, Beck, a lot's been happening uh, the last few weeks. I think we have to first touch on um, last week you were announced as a recipient of an Order of Australia medal. Congratulations. What do you make of the honour? Oh, it's so funny. I, I almost feel a little bit embarrassed because um, it's a huge honour. Like, it's a huge Australian honour. Um and, you know, I'm just one person in women's football that's, um, you know, contributed my bit. Um, and hopefully, you know, there's a bit more to contribute yet. Uh, but there are so many uh, great women and men that contribute to, to footy and the evolution of women's footy. Um, so it, I, I did feel a little bit, um, I guess, shy of the, um, you know, all the attention that, that I got. I got so many text messages and emails and got a voicemail from Jeff, oh, the great club prez. How exciting. Um, that was great. And I got a letter from Gillian McLaughlin and, um, you know, got a couple of um, letters in the mail from um, some me- members of parliament and so forth and obviously heard from all my close family and friends and all the girls here. So um, it was a really great day. It would have been great if um, we could have had a, a, a few sort of drinks and a bit of a gathering in public but with COVID we didn't quite get to do that but maybe at the end of the season this weekend we will. And we have just come out of lockdown now the girls missed a few games how did the footy program work during that lockdown? Yeah so Josh our high performance manager kept everyone ticking over with their own individual running programs um, you know a bit of encouragement about some stuff you know getting some touch in with them with some footy but I think sometimes a break mid-season or towards the end of your season as a coach, I'm always looking to do something a bit different towards the end of it. Now, I'm not saying a global pandemic is the <laughs> one that I would love to continually see happen, but there's a, quite a time to have a bit of a freshen up, and I reckon that that break maybe came at the right moment. Um, and, um, you know, the girls came back really well last week. We had a great main session on the Wednesday night and re- went really close to Geelong last weekend. Yeah, and it was very much that Hawthorne-Geelong rivalry because <laughs> oh, the yeah. girls um, really chased down... Yeah. I mean, they were kind of eyeing off that win in the second half. Oh, it was uh, it was a great, great day. I mean, I even um, changed the name of Saturday to Catterday on the front of the coaching <laughs> booklets, which the coaches picked up pretty early in the piece, and then, um, you know, the girls got onto it too. We know, you know, there's a big rival with Hawthorne and Geelong, and I think for me as a Hawthorne supporter too, just seeing the Geelong jumper sort of brings out this rage in you, like not normal rage. Yeah. It makes you just want to win, you know. Um and, you know, it was it was a loss, but I think sometimes you can walk away from a game and go, oh, that felt like a win even though it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the effort and the intent was there, yeah, 100%. which is great. And, Beck, this has been your second year with the Hawks, but probably your first complete season while in the role as our VFLW coach um, due to last year with the changes because of the pandemic. Um, what have you made of it? I bloody love it. Can I say bloody on this podcast? Yes, you may. We'll Thank take you. that. I'll take it. Um I just feel so welcome. 
you know, it's, it's genuine part of the family. I came down to training early on Monday night and uh, Sammy Mitchell was here and um, we got stuck into some chocolate together and just talked about how he went on the weekend and how, how I went on the weekend and, you know, what was happening. It's just so um, normal and very natural the way that um, we integrate with the, with the Box Hill guys here. Um, and I can really see um, how inclusive Hawthorne is um, and want that diversity and, uh, you know, uh, so open to having an AFLW team and so desperate to have that in- included as part of regular business at the club. So um, I've, a- I've absolutely loved it. It's, um, I wasn't sure how I'd come back to footy after a, a couple of years off um, after leaving Adelaide and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm going to give it a week. If I don't like it, then I'm just going to... I don't need need it. It's a yep. hobby. I love it. But at the end of it, if, if there's something about it that I just think, no, I can't, I can't do it, it's too much. Um, as soon as I got here, I never looked back. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so, so good I'm to hear. And how have the girls grown over the season? Do you think? Well, I I think um, I think they've really grown, and 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 my coaching has grown again too with them, which was like a really important part for me to just remember what it was like to be at footy and uh, have difficult conversations about performance. That's always the hardest part of footy is trying to communicate where you want to see people to grow. I think and and educating players on how to accept that feedback and and go to the next level. Um, And I think, you know, in the last five weeks especially, we've brought in some players from the Eastern Rangers, some of the younger players from the NAB League. Um, It's been really hard for our core group to accept that they're not getting selected and, you know, where to from here. But you've got to set a a benchmark and and they're really up for that challenge and we'll do our game reviews, uh, exit interviews in the next fortnight and, and see where they go to. And you did mention there that we've had girls come through Gippsland Power and Eastern Rangers. What have these recruits coming through our pathways kind of brought to the team? Well, uh, they've already got football tricks that that we didn't have when we were coming through, yeah. I suppose. Like I, like I look at some players like Meg Hutchins, obviously a bit of a freak um, with her football skills and, and had some really core skills because she was playing with the boys at a young age. But these uh, NAB League players from Eastern Rangers and Gippsland have already come through because they're touching the footy regularly and have been playing from a young age and they've got a football build as well. Um, they'll get some more conditioning behind them that, that helps back that up. But their football tricks are absolutely magnificent. Like El Chaston, for example... Uh, who the girls call Slim Shady because of her, <laughs> her uh, Stan Eminem style hair, haircut. Um, she um, she just is so aerial. Like her contest in the air is it's, she's a freak of nature. So um, it's those types of things that you would never used to see. I guess at a young age that they're bringing in Grace, young Grace McRae from Gippsland Power. I mean she's a, a leader in her own right. She was a captain of Vic Country. Um, she brings this leadership to her midfield from a very young age that you probably wouldn't normally get to see except for the fact that she's come through in, in that context. So really exciting. Do you think having girls have that opportunity to play here at Hawthorne kind of helps their resume in terms of being drafted oh. for AFLW? I, I think so. And, I mean, I, I, even talking to Izzy Khoury, who's, who's come to us from the Eastern Rangers, and she's one of the younger ones in the group, uh, each week... You know, when she gets selected, she sends me a text message telling me how grateful she is, which I absolutely love. But also, she loves testing herself uh, against the bigger girls and the big athletic bodies that want to play in AFLW but aren't quite there yet. So she's already setting herself up for success by testing herself against uh, that bigger size. And yes, she's got a football tricks, but what else can she learn to get drafted? Um, And that's exciting for her. 
And in addition, the club has been lucky enough to see some familiar faces return. Some AFLW players that used to play for Hawthorne have come back through the doors, you know, the likes of Chantelle Pereira and Phoebe McWilliams. What impact does it have with these girls coming to the side, probably coming back to Hawthorne with a bit more experience that they can lend to the younger girls? So great. And, you know, you can add Perko to the list as well. Sarah Perkins coming back in. And um, if, I think even I just look at Chantella in the last couple of weeks and seeing her smile about being at footy or Tam coming in and having her elite behaviours. I'm getting in the ice bath. I'm getting to training beforehand to do my gym work. And the young players can see, oh, that's how a professional conducts themselves. Um, and the, their work ethic on the track um, is very, very high and sets a standard that those younger players need to see, um, as well as the fact that they love Hawthorne and love being at training. So they've been really important coming back into our program and I've, I've been uh, extremely lucky to have them here. End of last year, coming into season 2021, we announced our all-female coaching lineup. Mm. Can you describe what impact and energy um, <laughs> the all-female coaching lineup has brought to not only the season but even just to the club? I, 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 one, it created a bit of talk around the club. That was the first thing. I, I didn't probably expect it. It would, it would create that much chatter. Um, but that wasn't the reason we did it. We did it because we wanted to create some opportunities for some great coaches who weren't getting opportunities. Um, we needed to open the door for more people to come through. I'm not one that gets to the top and then just slams the door shut myself. I'm going to help others get there and have a taste for it. And I feel like the only way with coaching to learn is actually that on-the-job training. You can't... Um, just keep forcing people to go and do another accreditation course or go and do this course and, you know, then we might give you a coaching job. That's not what's happening. You've actually got to go and get the experience and see what it's like at that level. So um, we've had some very funny times happen in the coaching box this season, some very funny selection meetings. Um, uh, We all complement each other. Um, The majority of the assistant coaches are teachers and I'm not a teacher, um, police officer, um, normally but um, the way that they communicate with the players is a little bit different to the way I communicate yeah. with the players so it's this great balance of um, education and setting culture and laying the foundations for an elite environment and I think we've worked really well together and I've loved it. And have the girls really warmed to all of those coaches and hundred percent line coaches? In fact the the amount of players that have come to us during the season um, from other football clubs uh have have said to me, Beck, one of the main reasons I wanted to come here um, was because of yourself and the other female coaches and I wanted to, to see what that was like because they've never been coached by women before. Yeah. They're just used to um, the the guys in the pathway or their dad coaching them or their yeah, brother coaching them or their uncle or partner, yep. whatever it is, but they very rarely had a, had a woman coaching them before. So it's different. Like it's a different yeah. sound, it's a different smell, it's a different way of training, it's not going to be the same. It might not even be right. A lot of mm. what we do it might be different, but it doesn't have to be the same. And I think what I, um, what I loved and I think what a, a, what a lot of Hawthorne fans loved was that time when the VFL coaches and the VFLW coaches kind of got to sit in on each other's matches mm. and really learn from one another. Yeah, absolutely love that. And there's nothing patronising or condescending about it either. No. It was They were genuinely interested in what we were doing and vice versa. And, and, and that's, that's how I know I'm in the right place at Hawthorne. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. And um, we did also learn a few weeks ago that Meg Hutchins will be calling time on her footy career this season and she's expected to play her last game this coming Sunday. Pack the tissues. Yeah. Pack the tissues. Uh, What impact do you think Meg has had not only on Hawthorne and the club but on the game itself? 
Oh, I mean, I'm getting a bit emotional thinking about it now. You know, there are there are, there's not many people like Meg. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, for for her to be so persistent and resilient in her playing career, but not just her playing career, off off the football track, there's often a lot of politics associated with women's football, and and um, it's a slog. It's an absolute slog and, and Meg's achieved so much um, and, you know, personally has thrived and, um, you know, she still had 20 disposals on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's still playing great footy. I know she'd love to keep playing forever, but you will we'll remember her. There'll be No one will ever p- play that many games again, I don't believe, in women's football um, because there's not the opportunity for a length of season to do that. Um, and... She's just, um, I think I described her earlier in the season as like a really expensive but comfortable piece of furniture in the house. <laughs> um, uh, and that's, that's, that's what she is. She'll, I hope she, she stays in our house forever yeah. in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. It would be great to see her still be connected to the club and a part of it in some way. And, of course, I think Hawks fans would be dying to know um, do you speak much to Clarko? Have you had much um, crossover with him during well, your season? Look, this is like, this is this is a this is always a question that's asked of me. But I think uh, the thing for Clarko and I this year is, unfortunately, COVID has been a major blocker yeah. with the guys going in and out of hubs and you know having that many COVID tests a day. And because I'm a frontline worker, um, I always have to declare um, that I've dealt with the public, which means straight away if I'm going into an AFL environment, I have to have a COVID test. Yeah. So that's made it very difficult. Uh, but I know that when the opportunity arises for us to spend time together, we will. And we've spoken in the past, and he. He um he had a really big influence on me at Adelaide in my premiership year, so um yeah I look forward to talking to him again soon. I'm sure the opportunity will come up, and I guess a lot's happened in the AFLW space with uh, last month in May, the AFL Commission announced that by 2024 all 18 clubs will be included in the AFLW competition, and then they've also set a timeline um, for submissions that could see one of the four outlier clubs, I guess, enter the competition a bit earlier. Mm. For Hawthorne fans and members, where does our club sit now, I guess, in terms of our pursuit of um, Mm. the AFLW licence and trying to get into that competition as soon as we can? I think we should be really confident. Um, Even as if I take my Hawthorne hat off, which is hard because I'm very biased for Hawthorne, um, I believe that those, those four clubs need to come in, the last four clubs need to come in as quickly as possible because as soon as we do that, then we can start having steps towards a higher pay for the female athletes in the competition. At the moment, I think the base rate is around $21,000 for AFLW players for a year. We compare that to, say, uh, the men's program of about 320000 a year, and sure, we don't go 12 months of the year, but our, our female athletes just don't clock off from the gym after mm. six months. But as soon as we can get the last four clubs in, then we can start talking about what that looks like for the actual wages for the players, the broadcast deals and all of that kind of stuff. We need to almost have an overinvestment in AFLW to try and catch up the years that we've yeah. we've, we've missed to be able to sort of then have these genuine conversations. Um, Hawthorne's done everything right. Um, yet I think it's really important that we acknowledge that when AFLW first came in, we said, no, we, we didn't want one. We weren't, we weren't mm. ready. We weren't interested but we can change our minds. We've owned that m- mistake. 
um, and we're now ready to come into the competition. We've got a really strong VFLW program. We've won a premiership in the VFLW. We've got a great strength and conditioning program. We've got the talent pathways and we've got the coaches and we're ready to go. So I think it'll just be a matter of putting a great pitch together. And um, I remember Graeme Corn saying to me once, oh, Beck, there is actually luck in football. And I disagreed with him. I said, you're never lucky. It's, you know, opportunity meeting that moment. But... I think sometimes a little bit of luck. Cornsy's <laughs> convinced me, you know, you need the ball to bounce a certain way sometimes and yet we need that And yep. uh, but we should be confident. In terms of our submission that we'll do again this year, when does that, um, when's that due? When do we hear yeah, back from so the it's due in Well, it's due in July um, and it'll be discussed at the uh, AFL Commission meeting in August and a decision will be made that day and I don't think that the decision will be held um, much far out of that meeting concluding so by August this year we, we will know if we're in the AFLW. What's Hawthorne really striving for with our submission? Well I, I think there's there's a few bits and pieces to it you want we want to show we've got a five-year plan uh, we don't just want entry we don't want to participate we've actually got a five-year plan yep. to succeed um, you don't want to just nibble around the edges you want to actually try and choke Give on being great. Yeah, yeah, let's let's try and choke on being great and uh, we'll have a nice list build, a bit of a plan until Dingley's ready about what our facilities will look like um, and just the genuine intent of what the footy club is, not just to tack on to the end of, of the boys' program. Why do you really think Hawthorne deserves to be in the comp in Season 7? That would see us go in end of next year versus um, a year later. Yeah, I, because we're ready. Um, we've got... We've got we're set up really well. Um, our members are supportive of it. The club's got a genuine vision for it. Um, the board's very supportive. Um, we're ready to go, and we've got the talent to do it. Um, we've just got to start uh, getting those things in place once we get the license. So then we can build a, a competitive athletic list. Yep. Just waiting for that green light to That's go. That's it. That's it. And finally, it is uh, the girls' last game this coming Sunday. It'll be Hawthorne versus Port Melbourne, 11 a.m. at Box Hill City Oval. And we do have the green light to have spectators at the game. Can you preview the match for us? What can we expect from Port Melbourne? What can we expect from the girls? Well, look, I think uh, I don't want to I don't want to call uh, too soon, but I think this is actually going to be a bit of a line in the sand game, right. shall, shall we say? There's a few players um, that left Hawthorne's program over the last couple of years and are now playing at Port Melbourne. Um, and so I think there's going to be a little bit of fire. It makes the contest It does. Only I think it's going to make it a little bit hot out there, shall we say. And um, it's Meg's last game. And we're going to be treating it like, our, like a final. Yeah. Our always Meg game, which I'm going to present to the girls tonight. We're going to play a little bit differently to what we have all season. A couple of little tricks up the coach's sleeve for, for this weekend. I think it's going to be wet. And um, we're, we're ready for the fight. Well, make sure, everyone, that you come down and keep an eye out for these tricks that Beck's got up her sleeve, <laughs> but also to honour the legend that is Meg Hutchins. Beck, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you, and I'm sure Hawks fans far and wide have loved hearing your thoughts on everything that's going on in the AFL women's footy space and the VFLW space. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, and go Hawks. This Sunday, the 27th of June, marks the final game of season 2021 for Hawthorne's VFLW team as the girls take on Port Melbourne from 11am at Box Hill City Oval. 
If you can't make it to the game, be sure to jump on Twitter and follow at HawthorneFCW for live tweets and commentary across the match. If you enjoyed this interview and would like to learn more about Hawthorne's VFLW team, you can find more exclusive content at hawthornefc.com.au and across the club's social media channels. You've been listening to the final episode of Hawthorne's podcast series, Kicking Down the Door, with myself, Stephanie Edwards. I would like to thank all our guests who, over the series, have taken the time to come on the podcast and share their individual stories. Most importantly, I would like to thank you for tuning into each episode and throwing your support behind Hawthorne's VFLW team. Take care and go Hawks!